welcome to the Raindrop Corner Podcast, an affirming space for people who seek to enrich the human experience. This is a place where real-life superheroes and creatives get to share their magic without censorship. And I am your host, Kay. This week's guest was Sweet Tea, who was absolutely lovely. And it was really cool kind of delving into her journey and delving into what her motivations and her passions behind being a drag queen were and are, and also just the validity of drag queens in a space as entertainers, as very valid entertainers that are doing positive things and kind of breaking some of the stigma and stereotypes associated around drag queens doing things such as Drag Queen Story Hour, where drag queens will read to kids and educate kids and really just kind of talking a little bit about the obstacles that she's personally had to navigate in that space and also like the rewards and just the positives of being a drag queen. I hope you all enjoy this episode and without further ado here is an ode to our guest. I am the finest beverage in all the land, a nectar of the gods. Falling from cotton candy skies, blended with just enough sugar, spice, and a strut most precise. I am sweet, ladled for hours on end, prayed over by neurotic muses, humming hymns in the key of fantastic meets capable the click clack of my heels inescapable someone chips away at a block of ice as the curtain falls eyes bulging and needing to readjust twice the room has grown cold to the beat of your favorite pop song my hands grasp the mic teasing a most delectable delight with a closed mouth smile and a wardrobe of untouched style they are beguiled i am the finest beverage in all the land a nectar of the gods falling from cotton candy skies blended with just enough sugar spice in a strut most precise words ooze from the majesty that is my mouth a bit of southern hospitality reflected in a question how do you like your tea and as my number starts i already know you like it sweet beyond belief today with us we have sweet tea also known as trey you are a drag queen a performer a producer you are just steeped in artistry and one of my favorite things about your work is how you use your artistry to create safe spaces and to also just make POC voices visible in those spaces. Tell me about Little Trey. What was he like and what was your relationship with art in your youth? Me as Trey, very, very in its smallest form. Like when I was seven, I've always known I was very different in many ways. Um, I always knew that I was going to be something very very uh like spectacular very <laughs> creative because i've always been like like my parents will always tell people like oh yeah like you know like we've always knew trey was going to be unique mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, ever since i was like six mm-hmm. um you know and 
luckily, like, my, my family gave me a great um, outlet, creative outlets, you know, allowed me to express myself openly, mm-hmm. allowed me to be who I wanted to be as early as seven. So, like, That's um, awesome. I've always been able to express myself, be as creative as I wanted to be. Um, I've always been around other creative people, too, as well. Like, my cousin, she did the arts. She did um, theater, and I've always looked up to her as to do more plays and productions and uh she did she does singing right now too as a musician so it was great to um listen to that too as well so i was like oh my gosh like she can do this i can do this you know <laughs> it runs in the family <laughs> that's cool it does. honestly when i was a kid i was such very athletic like i always wanted to play soccer I still don't get the point of football, but, like, I like football. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> still don't get the point of it, but, um, but no, I was um, pretty much into everything, really. Growing up now, middle school, I'm still different. High school, still different. <laughs> I go through my high school photos all the time. I'm like, wow. I, um, I, was one of, I was one of most unique in high school, so I was like... That's a theme that just keeps coming up for you. <laughs> it's a theme that just keeps coming up. And, you know, now I'm here living my most unique self, embracing the most unique qualities of myself. What would you say is the most unique quality about you? I always say the most unique quality about me is, I don't know, I, w- I would say my personality is, is definitely unique. Um, you don't stumble upon many trays or sweet teas. <laughs> um, sometimes I'm like, oh, what is my most unique quality? Because I feel like I do a lot of things that other people do. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I always, like, compare myself to, like, people like Frank Ocean or, um, you know, like, I always, I would always say, like, my taste is very unique. Like, I like a lot of things that not a lot of people love. Like what? You know, like, I love opera. Like, like oh, here, great. there's this opera hall. I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's my perfect day. <laughs> um, you know, like, but you know, like, I would say, like, that doesn't make my certain taste unique. I just think a lot of people would consider stereotypically what my taste would be. And I just think I'm unique outside of that boundary. Mm-hmm. I love pop. I love, you know, I love everything. I love all kinds of music. Um, I love all kinds of TV shows. I love this anime. Um, I like reading subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> I love Squid Game. Squid Game was crazy. I loved it, though. <laughs> it was one of the things where I'm like, I feel so guilty for watching this. But I I was like, I love it. But I was like, am I loving this for her friend? I was like, oh, this is getting my blood pumping. I was able to cry. I was able to laugh. I was able to be angry. I was like, this is giving it to me. It hit all the spots for me. And I just, I... I think it's really cool too, just reverting back to what you said, how you had that outlet really early to kind of express yourself and figure out where your foothold was and what you liked in your passions and your art. And I think with you saying that your tastes are really eclectic too, I feel like when you look at drag, there's a certain stigma that's associated with it. Like you're supposed to like these kind of artists. You're supposed to do this sort of work. 
So it's really cool that, you know, you seek to kind of be outside the box. Not that there's anything wrong with falling into like the general things that you see when you watch drag or when you think about who a drag performer is. I think it's neat, whether it's opera or subbed anime or whatever it might be, that your tastes are very eclectic. So I do want to ask, so we already know that at a very early age, you had support and then you had your family that kind of allowed you to have your vehicle into whatever it was that you wanted to do. How did you... (laughs) In that too, so you can sing too? I can can carry a note. (laughs) (laughs) What would you say was like your personal, what drew you to drag out of all of the different types of art that you had countered encountered before I, I would say the rush the the feeling the confidence i got from drag so when i was in high school that was my first time doing drag mm-hmm. um we, we did a play and they need a female role and i was like no i would love to do the female role mm-hmm. um, everybody always said i have a nice very feminine body so i was like <laughs> yes i would love to um and then doing that it was just such a a feeling you know like getting on the stage and entertaining first off I always knew I was going to entertain people like mm-hmm. I know like some way somehow I will be entertaining people mm-hmm. for sure um, that would be my career whether it's behind the scenes or in front of the camera um, I would be somewhere involved into that process because it's always been something that I've very been passionate about. Like I love creating content that people will enjoy. I love being on stage. You know, I just love having that feeling that I am a pop star. And what really drew me to drag was I remember my first drag show when I was in eleventh grade. It was mm-hmm. my first drag show, and that feeling that I got as an audience member seeing this, I felt like I was at a concert. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I want to do. Like, like this is something that I could do locally. Um, and there's a, there's spots for it everywhere. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to, I want to be a pop star too. Like, mm-hmm. who doesn't want to be a pop star? Like, <laughs> it's the dream. It's the dream. But I, you know, like, doing it for a little bit and I've been doing it for almost five years now and uh, I you know I just love it face full of makeup it takes hours to get off (laughs) (laughs) hair hair costumes everything about it it's it's such a great time and I got a taste of it you know for a little bit Um, well I always got a taste I always got my taste of it I don't know what I'm talking about (laughs) (laughs) but like you know when I first started drag you know like I felt seen what a lot of people sometimes don't see is that being a person of color in the gay community Mm -hmm. you you can be invisible sometimes like if you're not the top of the food chain of what people want and you know for me not doing drugs you know I'm I'm very, like, I don't do drugs or anything like that, so, like, it's hard for me to connect to some people mm-hmm. within the community, um, well, especially within the club scene. Mm-hmm. And by me doing drag, I was able to 
garner that attention, like gain that focus from people mm-hmm. that I never thought would ever be given attention. So there's been times where like I've been out dragged and I've been treated like I was just a nobody. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. honestly just nobody would know who I am. And as soon as I got on stage and as soon as I get a drag, like I have made connections with so many people who didn't even talk to me when I first came into the club or who didn't even talk to me when I was younger. I gained their attention. I gained their respect. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they look at me, they're like, oh my gosh, they think you're so amazing. I was like, thank you so much. Good with me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's great. It's a great feeling. Like, I feel like I'm a pop star within this world of drag. That's the feeling it gives me. That's what attracts me. That's what keeps me attracted to the form of drag because I love feeling that my oats in that way. Mm-hmm. And I love the, the change that I can do by being in drag. You know, I feel like a lot of people listen to you more <laughs> when you're in drag. <laughs> in five inches, five inch heels <laughs> sequence. <laughs> they, they take you seriously, okay? <laughs> From what you said, going into drag, not only did it like fulfill that that love for being on stage for entertaining people that you had but you also you felt seen you found your people you garnered respect within the community which is important and it's hard to do that especially when your interests are different from other people's in the club scene what were some of the big what were some of the biggest untruths that you had to learn about drag once you started to do it over time at first i thought it was easy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think everybody thinks drag is easy. But some of the untruths that I've learned that, you know, not everyone can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone can do drag, but not everyone can stick to it and really see the value of it as um, as I as I did. Mm-hmm. A lot harder than it looks, that's for sure. And not every drag queen, you know, is as vocal or political as I would have thought. As I would think, you know, like mm-hmm. some of the, un- the truths that I thought the drag was, there was the focal point within our community that um, that's always involved in this, 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 and that. Learning and working, not everyone is like that, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is okay. Um, you know, it just saves more room for people who aren't. Because um, I love being, you know, right there in the center, and I, I like sharing my opinion my voice and you know so that's something that i've learned and i have to make my own way connections and certain scenes can be like so small and something as drag when i was like oh you you know everybody (laughs) and honestly you don't get to know everybody (laughs) (laughs) so that question correctly (laughs) no i think you answered it because your untruths are going to be unique to you and that's perfectly okay. And I and just in the limited time that I've known you, because the first show that I saw you do, it was at the Metro when the Metro was still standing. And it was a show, I believe it was like a tribute to Beyonce, but it was specifically to spotlight POC women and show them in their power. And I had personally, I'm not saying it didn't exist before, didn't happen before, but I had never seen anything like that in all of the other drag shows that I had seen and that was just really really cool to me because 
I, as somebody who has worked in a studio and worked with other drag queens and kings, there are a lot of individuals in the drag community that aren't necessarily as vocal about certain things, which like you said, is perfectly okay. But it was also refreshing to see someone who was and found a way to do it that wasn't necessarily preachy, but allowed people to start a dialogue, which I think is something that can be in lack nowadays because we live in a community and in a world that's very polarized and not without validity, but it was a very unique way to approach your work. What are some of the personal obstacles that you've had to face throughout your drag career and even possibly now? I do gain a lot of attention, but you know, there is, there's sometimes there's a lot of, there is a lot of like racism that, that does come within the territory. You know, I, I know it's all the time, but it's always stands true, you know, like even, the, even when you're doing drag, it's, you know, you still have to work harder than some other girls with lighter skin tones, you know, mm-hmm. like you, you have to work harder to get noticed. And, you know, and, and that sometimes can play on our aesthetic as well, as we're always constantly trying to do 100 times better than what we did last time. And, and so, you know, there is a lot of those obstacles that can come in our way as well. Um, a lot of other obstacles can be just venues. I think a lot of obstacles not a lot of people see that as drag queens, there is very little venues for us to express ourselves mm-hmm. um, and for us to express our outlets and, uh, and we mostly have to create our own opportunities um, because honestly, like, you know, for instance, like, sometimes you can get in at Inca Foods but you can't get in at Inca Foods. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they're gonna there's going to be certain places there where they're going to be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Um, you know, and you can get in at Hamburger Mary's, um, but, you know, sometimes you want more opportunity, but you have to travel out to other places. So mm-hmm. those are some examples. Luckily, I don't face that too, too much. <laughs> it's still awesome because, you know, you're still going out trying to see where you can fit in and where you can express your, your art, your craft, uh, where you can gain more. Just like visibility. Visibility, that's a great word, yes. I mean, that's my dictionary. <laughs> uh, visibility. You know, there's so many, like, obstacles within people not understanding what we do. Because I think one of the biggest obstacles I've ever faced in my life was the uh, obstacle of you know, the, the library gate. Yeah, I remember uh, that. <laughs> Just for people for people who don't know, briefly explain what library gate is. Because I know what it is, but you probably even have more inside knowledge about it than I do, personally. I do, but I kind of do. And the only reason why, like, I kind of got involved is because it, it does affect us, you know, and people were messaging people uh, within that circle who was connected to that group. Um, and it's, it's very, very interesting, like, what people, you know, how people perceive drag queens to be. Um, so Library Gate is a situation that happened 
Um, and it happens all over the world. Basically, people came and rioted and protested against one of our local entertainers for doing a, a prom, uh, LGBT prom, uh, and also for doing a, a drag uh, reading. Make sure that it's correct. Mm-hmm. No, that was correct. It was like drag story hour. They were doing a drag story hour, and a lot of people just felt that they felt like it wasn't correct for us to have a drag story hour. It wasn't appropriate for us to have a drag story hour. We shouldn't. We're um, demonic people that shouldn't be um, indoctrinating ourselves onto children um, or forcing this lifestyle onto them. And honestly, how I always, uh, how I always uh, call drag, drag is the is like being a clown, but like. A glamorous clown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we're just glamorous clowns. And honestly, you know, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing uh, sexual about doing drag. I mean, there are some drag queens who do, who, you know, who find comfort in making more sexual jokes. Mm-hmm. But not all of them are on that same spectrum. Um, not all of our crafts or our jokes are on that same spectrum. And most of us are pretty humble people. Very, We are very nice. We're, you know, we work with children. Some of us actually do work with children. Um, before um, starting drag, I was working with children. I, even after drag, I still was working with children. People, you know, like, protested and got it canceled and uh, just basically made our safety, made our, you know, it made our safety very troubling. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't safe at all. <laughs> uh, and I just don't think that's, you know, still to this day, I, I, I never think that's okay. It's because, not. like, it's, it's never okay. You know, it's, we are sitting, we are um, doing this, and parents have the choice. We're not forcing anything on, on kids. We're not doing anything. Only thing we're doing is just reading the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's basically all we're doing. Um, you know, if, if parents wants to bring their children to it, like, that's their choice. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like how some parents let their children watch horror films, mm-hmm. that's their choice. Yep. You know, if some, some children want, and they call us adult entertainers, but, like, honestly, we're just entertainers. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing of, like, there's nothing that makes us just for adults. Like, there's nothing about being a drag queen that makes us only for adults. Those are still some obstacles we face is that, you know, a lot of people put us into that category that, oh, we're always going to be vulgar and we're always going to do sexual acts or, you know, we're only this. And yes, we are those things. definitely do have layers uh, most of us don't even joke about sex like that some of us don't even make kind of a kind of bad jokes mm-hmm. um, but you know we're just entertainers who are just trying to live and be creative and some people will argue well why you know like on that day some people argue well you can read you can read stories but um, why do you have to do it in drag why not it's also exactly it's breaking down that barrier of like stigma and expectation it shouldn't matter whether you're in drag or outside of it you know it's the still the same thing i'm still the same person Mm -hmm. you just have makeup on and you know and 
honestly, like a lot of people, and I'm so thankful for this past 10 years because we have been able to bring a lot of uh, queer issues to the forefront. You know what I mean? Like, this is a lot of things that we have experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, we've always been misunderstood as a community, and you know, even gender, gender as a spectrum has been misunderstood. You know, like, long hair does not dictate feminine. You know, being feminine um, is not just a one blanketed list of things that you should be. You know what I mean? Like, just because I have short hair doesn't make me any uh, less feminine. You know, mm-hmm. just because I have makeup on doesn't make me less masculine. You know, it's, it's, you know, gender roles too have changed as well, which I I, I love because ever since I was a kid, I've been exploring um, within uh, within my gender mm-hmm. um, because like when I was seven, I wanted to be the Pink Power Ranger. Yes! I never, <laughs> <laughs> I never like considered myself to be anything more than a boy. Like I always, even to this present day, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm a boy, but I'm a boy who likes to do what I want, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, just because I'm wearing a skirt doesn't make me, doesn't make it, doesn't mean that I want to be a girl. Um, you know, just because I'm wearing all this makeup and stuff like that doesn't mean I want to be a girl. I just want to fill my oats. <laughs> I just want to fill my oats. Um, just because I want to get um, some filler right here and here. You just doing you. That's what makes you feel good, and that's all that should matter. Absolutely, and you know that is one of the obstacles that you know drag queens face, and I still face to this day. Is you know we're always going to get that critique um, from those who think they are holier than thou. But that's basically it. And I and I will say that like just as an external party. I have seen a lot of positive change where there are like more conversations happening about it and it's really given people pause to think about like is arguing against this thing actually valid because we're all just people doing things that make us happy and creating spaces that are open and aren't dictated by gender roles or just stereotypical roles that society kind of places on us. I want to also kind of talk about what your goals are for your art. You moved from Florida where you essentially, and I know you've traveled to different places. So you've, you know, produced shows and been in shows like in a lot of different places, not just Florida. But what is your goal for your art being that you just moved from a place where you had kind of established a home base for so long? Where is the future for Sweet Tea and also for Trey? It's so funny. I was just thinking about that the other day. Um, I was like, wow, like, I literally moved from from Florida uh, all the way to L.A. And, you know, it still doesn't feel real for me. Like, <laughs> it still doesn't feel like I, I did anything. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, so far, you know, like, I just feel like I'm just taking everything bigger. You know, I, as you said, I, I established myself in Jacksonville and just throughout Florida and it feels good to have that in my it feels good to have that behind me. Yeah. <laughs> Some goals
goals that I have here, you know, I, I tend to make it the same effect. Uh, like, there's some things that I've, I've done that I never did in Jacksonville, or there's some opportunities that I never thought I would have. Mm-hmm. Very, very excited for what um, LA has for Sweetie. Um, and hopefully, it gives me more opportunities uh, as well. I haven't really ex- explored that much outside into the new uh, into the new scene. Mm-hmm. Um, still learning and grasping the uh, the area, but um, I work for amazing drag queens now. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, so that's one thing I love. Uh, I love my new job. I was able to go to the premiere for the the Goulet drag Goulet Brothers Dragula. Um, it's really cool. I, it's and, on Shutter, right? Typically, yeah, it's on Shutter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's really, really cool. Uh, I work for Trixie Mattel, which I love. Uh, you know, I work for, and you know, I, she's one of our clients, but like we work for her and other drag queens, and, and it's just so so great. Like it's such a great, refreshing feeling to be around those kind of people, and uh, people want nothing but success for as well mm-hmm. um, it's, and just to learn more uh, I'm not saying that I learned a lot I have learned all that I can learn from Jacksonville but you know it's great to see other different styles mm-hmm. and other places if that makes sense it makes I, perfect I love, sense yeah I love everything I've learned from people in Jacksonville and, and the community uh, but I've learned I'm learning a lot more, I would say. I'm learning a lot more here in L.A. Just from looking around, seeing the community. Uh, you know, I live right now in the gayest part of L.A. <laughs> <laughs> so it's great to see other gay people walking down the street. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, hi, gay. That's got to be okay. <laughs> I love that because I feel like part of like evolution is like being able to put yourself in new and different spaces. And it's cool that you have someone that not only champions themselves, but they champion the people that they work with. And you've always been that person for other people. I've watched you do it where you not only are a creative, but you are an advocate. And I think that's just a beautiful thing. And I have no doubt that you will do amazing things regardless of wherever you go. Because you have this just ethereal kind of magic about you. <laughs> but you do. And it's <laughs> and it's really just been a joy to, from an external point of view, just see your art just shift and transform and just grow into different spaces. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Trey. It was awesome having you on. (laughs) It's over already. We can keep talking if you want to. (laughs) I was just, I was respecting your time as well. Because I know it's your off day too. Oh, you're fine. I'm just not waking up. It's only uh, 12.40. Oh my gosh, I just don't leave until (laughs) 2. But if people want to keep up with you and like all the adventures that you get into, where should they go social media wise to kind of keep in the know? Always use Instagram. So uh, 
uh, Sweet Teeth dot the drag queen, uh, and or you can keep up with me on my Facebook. I started a a like page. I'm still getting used to a like page. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> you just type in Sweet Teeth the drag queen because it's it's so hard for people to even to find me um, on my regular page mm-hmm. because like like. I can't change my name to Sweet Tea. Um, <laughs> so it's just so hard. I'm like, oh my gosh. I always envy drag queens who can uh, have their first, who can have their whole drag name as their name on Facebook. I always envy them. Like, like uh, when it was like BB Deluxe, I was like, oh, she can have her drag name right there. Um, <laughs> and I was just their performer name. I was like, oh my gosh. And there's other people who can have their full drag name on their, like, Giselle. I was like... I've noticed that, too, that some people can do it and some people can't. I know. I was like, Facebook, I'm about to snitch. <laughs> <laughs> but I will link all of those so that people can find you on social media if they want to, just to kind of stay in touch and to keep up with the magic that you're creating. And again, thank you for coming on the show. And I will always have an open spot for you if you'd like to come back and chat it up. for sure you have a good day and everyone until next time bye thank you to all of our listeners out there as always you are the most beloved and make all of this magic possible sweet tea is just the sweetest person ever truly and they they are very true to their namesake go give them some support and love they are truly that queen and they have continuously been that person not just talented but just sincere with a lot to say and a lot of really cool things that I'm sure they will do and continue to bring to their craft. The Raindrop Corner podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all standard streaming podcast platforms. Until next time.